Hey guys, Jason Davis here. Uh, with everything that's going on out there in culture, in the school system, especially the public school system, right? And drag shows and everything in between, our kids are under attack daily. And that's why I wanted to tell you today about the Tuttle Twins books. Tuttle Twins is really, it's the only books uh, that I know of for kids that really help them develop critical thinking skills about real world concepts, economies, finance, government, freedom, liberty, the free market, how to be self-reliant and outside the system. Right now, we just all have to recognize the world's full of companies and people and politicians that want to expose and influence our kids and in ideas that we don't support. And so that includes school teachers, unfortunately. So Tuttle Twins empowers parents. I encourage you to check them out at TuttleTwins.com or if you go to my website at DontTreadOnLiberty.com and go to Freedom Partners under Tuttle Twins, there is a special offer for you. So DontTreadOnLiberty.com under Freedom Partners. Check out the Tuttle Twins and we do have a special offer for you. Well, let's get back to the show. I hope you enjoy this week. God bless. Fighting back against the left's nonstop attacks on liberty, freedom, and America. America. This is Don't Tread on Liberty. Jason Davis is on the air. Welcome back to Don't Tread on Liberty. Thanks for being here with Jason Davis. And of course, campaign season is heating up. So uh, we do have a series of campaign uh, episodes that we've been doing where we're talking to political candidates. And today is one of those days. My guest today, and, and folks, I mean, I thought I had a, a really interesting life, but my guest today, he's a 24-year retired veteran of the Tulsa Police Department. He's been a bodybuilding champion, a professional baseball player. He's also a naturopathic doctor. He's written, co-authored several number one bestsellers on Amazon. Uh, I can't even imagine the time that it takes to invest to do these types of things. Uh, and now he's running for governor of the state of Oklahoma. Dr. Mark Sherwood is here. Doctor, how are you? I'm doing well, Jason. Thanks for having me, man. I'm super honored to be here. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you're obviously very busy. So, I mm. mean, look, I'm a retired uh, sheriffs myself. I have to ask you before we get into some of the issues of the day, how did you go from peace officer yeah. to naturopathic doctor? That is a, a question I get asked quite a bit. You know, I always, as you know, uh, and thank you for your service too. I appreciate that. You know, a lot of law enforcement officers don't get the thank yous they deserve. So I want to thank you for serving your community. Um, the last several years, maybe the last nearly decade, I was involved in law enforcement. I was assigned to the academy. And during that time, I was in charge of developing a wellness program. And I'd always kind of been into fitness and wellness, that kind of thing for, you know, number of years since I was about probably 22, 23. And um, I started traveling around the country and um, observing, analyzing, other departments' best practices or not. I started doing some data right here in Oklahoma, and I determined that, you know, 75 years ago, there was an FBI study that showed the average uh, death of a 20-year retired police officer in Oklahoma and even across the world was 66 years of age, and that was an old study. So I did my own study looking at just Oklahoma and then finally at my home 
uh, county of Tulsa and uh, determined that it was 66 and 64 respectively. So nothing had changed. And I was like, something's wrong. And so I went on a mission at that point to find out why. And I discovered through this process of searching around the country that uh, the idea of PTSD and stress and life was not isolated to just first responders, but it was isolated not at all to one group, but everybody. So then I that led me to figuring out the answer to the question, well, why is that? And I've always been kind of curious sort, why is that? So I just went on a mission to determine that. And it led me down the pathway of, of naturopathic study, because I figured that if I can understand the human body and what causes and creates the breakdown, then I could do something to uh, stop and prevent the breakdown. And so, you know, I decided to go back to school and, you know, that was on top of my courses I was taking at the time. And and just um, one thing led to another. And I was so far into it at that point, I, I couldn't put it down. I was like, I want to know why people are dying. And so now uh, my wife, um, Dr. Michelle, and I get to work together at the Functional Medical Institute where we get to live that reality, uh, slowing down the biological aging process and extending the quality of life and teaching people how to how to do this while we do it as well and still learn how to do it better. It's amazing. And naturopathic medicine is the way to go. I've been telling people for the last two years, stay out of the hospitals. <laughs> no doubt. Um, they're actually mm-hmm. euthanization centers. But, you know, your wife is also a medical doctor, correct? She is. She's a trained osteopathic doctor, uh, Oklahoma State University graduate, uh, top of her class, I might add. um, But she's also a naturopathic doctor as well. Yeah. So I'm very curious um, to hear when all of this COVID nonsense started, what the two of you thought about this right from the get go. We were actually um, at a conference in Hawaii at the beginning of March of 2020. And I started hearing about this thing called COVID. And I, even while I was there, I was a speaker and I began to prepare what was going on. And I, I just simply did a little bit of research and study while I was there. And I spoke on, I told people at that moment in time, before any lockdowns, do not be scared. Do not be uh, falling for fear tactics because you will not die from this. But the, the, the models, projections, predictions, and experts started talking and, I got to tell you, man, I I was very disappointed in uh, leadership, governmental, medicine, um, even uh, pastoral, because all I heard was fear, 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 fear. And on the way back from Hawaii, we were wondering if we were going to get back before this thing called lockdown. And I said to my wife, this doesn't feel right. Something is wrong. And I look for desperately leadership to not lead with fear, but something called faith. And I waited for any leader to just say, listen, uh, my fellow Americans, we're not going to live in fear. We don't know what we're dealing with. We're going to live in faith and we're going to stand together. We're, we're going to find out what this is. We're going to fight it. We're going to win. I didn't hear anything like that. It was just a bunch of nonsense, gibberish, fear-based. And we got back and we determined at that moment in time that we were not And I mean, not going to force anybody to wear a mask. We were not going to lock down. We were not going to acquiesce to any fear. We set ourselves and our minds and our hearts toward determining what we could do to prevent even the idea of death with COVID. So we developed our own protocols. We didn't listen to any of these so-called experts that have shown you and I for the last 75 years, that they've been utter failures at health. I'm talking about our U.S. government. They've been failures, man. And so we determined at that moment in time that we were going to come up with an answer. And we did. And um, interestingly enough, we got about 2,000 people into that and nobody died. 
And we're like, we got it. We, this is good, right? And so we were confident. And uh, some of the newscasters that are in the local area, Tulsa, actually were patients. And so we decided, unless it's a good story, you know, the news will run this. And they wouldn't. And Get we it. were shocked. They just wouldn't run. It was crickets. And I was angry. And I realized at that point, and this is back in the beginning of the summer 2020, Jason, I realized that we were being had, we were being played, we we're being caught in this suffocating socialistic Marxist propaganda was starting to drive and control the media. And I realized quickly that, yes, indeed, Big Pharma controlled everything. They controlled the media, the politicians. And we went on a mission at that point in time with a vengeance to determine how to keep people alive and in more ways than one, right? So now we're 10,000 plus deep into that. We still haven't lost anybody. So good news, right? Imagine that. Congratulations on that. I'm, I'm sure it involves, you know, ivermectin and HCQ that have been around for, you know, 50 years and, well, have, been, and have been proven safe and effective, right? Um, interestingly enough, just to, to answer that question, we have not, and this might shock people, I'm not anti-ivermectin, not anti-hydroxychloroquine. We have not prescribed them one time, not one time, because this is way back when, because we knew hydroxychloroquine was an immune suppressant. So we thought, okay, let's don't suppress the immune system. That's a bad idea. And uh, anyway, in an acute situation, maybe in the hospital, maybe yes, but not prophylactically. Uh, and ivermectin was not part of the discussion. So we just did our homework and we've used um uh, colostrum, omega-3 fatty acids. We've used high-dose broccoli sprout powder, and those actually have better mechanism of actions, more natural mechanism of actions, and more powerful mechanism of actions than uh, those things you mentioned. So, um, you know, those things might be good in an acute setting, but from a prophylactic standpoint, we've determined there's better things out there. Very interesting. It sounds like you're right on target right from the beginning. Um, you're kind of ahead of the curve. And it's all, you know, coming from this great reset, these uh, these oligarchs, these globalist nut jobs that want to uh, reset the whole world. And you're right in the middle of it in Oklahoma. So I have to say, what do you think? I mean, uh, from all from all accounts, you're a very constitutional type of guy. Yeah. So what do you think or how do you feel about restrictions or mandates of any kind, whether it be business closures, restriction of movement, lockdowns, um, vaccine mandates, any of it. Completely unconstitutional, all of it. We should have never done it under my administration. We'll never do it. It will never happen. It was not a consideration. It shouldn't have been a consideration that anybody that did it were obviously lying when they said they're going to protect the Constitution. They didn't know the Constitution. And hence lies a problem with politicians these days. They swear to protect something they don't know. And uh, so, no, that that's not constitutional. Uh, we should have never, never, never locked down at all. Agreed. Now, if you listen to the Supreme Court, I'm a little worried. I mean, the way the court is currently constituted, uh, the questions that they ask in some of these hearings that I've listened to don't really revolve around the Constitution at all. They actually revolve around how many lives they can save if they allow this to go forward and shouldn't they consider that when they make their decision and isn't their sole job to tell us if something's constitutional i mean their their job is not to determine yeah what is going to save lives right that's it so you nailed it the supreme court especially the let's let's look at the the structure the federal government should be smaller you know if you look at the 10th amendment the the people and the states retain the power and so, in other words, the federal government should be the smallest sort of 
tri-branch organization, shouldn't it? Right? You know, you got the judicial, the legislative, and the executive. And even though they're important, the most important positions I believe we have are governors and sheriffs, right? So we should have drawn the lines around the sand there, around our boundaries of our states and said no. So I don't really care what the Supreme Court says, quite honestly, because that is irrelevant. Case in point, it is still federally against the law to uh, possess or sell marijuana, but yet the states because they wanted to push back and said, no, we want to, um, you know, sell and legalize marijuana. So that's just an example of the point I just proved. The 10th Amendment must be honored. And so we put in, we put too much power um, upon the federal government. We, we did that. We allowed it to happen. So people need to begin to get educated on the Constitution again. And it's not taught in school. So we have this gap, this void that's happening. So students don't know it. Kids don't know it. Young people don't know it. And politicians don't know it. Therefore, we've got federal overreach, which is called tyranny and a lack of and tyranny actually breeds a lack of freedom. Yeah, that's the truth. And the education system is a whole other issue. We could spend an hour on that right now. Um, yeah. Communists have been indoctrinating kids for 50 years there. So, you know, that's a whole other problem. Yes, um, so you have a very successful medical practice. I mean, retired peace officer. What's bringing you out to run for governor? You know, I mean, uh, one thing people need to understand is I don't need that job. I mean, that's the point. Um, I just honestly sensed a uh, strong urgency and call to do it. I mean, it's like you get it, law enforcement, when you when you when you are called to do that, even though you're like, oh man, you know, you got to do it because it saves lives. And let's talk about saving lives. You know, the Supreme Court knows nothing about that. You and I do. We know what it means to step in the line of fire. We run at gunfire. We don't run away from it. The Supreme Court runs away from it. They're not out in the line. They have no idea on what it means to fight. They don't know any idea what it means to sacrifice because they haven't done it. And I'm not talking about them personally. I'm talking about that professional uh, entity that it is. So, you know, we have a gap that needs to be filled. We have literally no governors across these United States, uh, maybe one and a half that are stepping up right now and doing what they should be doing. And I'm called to lead the way and I will. And when elected, uh, we will lead the way and we will educate the people of Oklahoma. We will inspire other governors such as Governor DeSantis, such as Governor Nome, and we will lift them up to a higher level and we will see our Republic uh, regained and maintained through the sovereignty of the states because you can't get America back and you can't get the America first vision until you get your backyard back and you get the state first, county first, city first vision. Yeah, I agree. If only elections were real, huh? Now, <laughs> yeah. now um, you said something a couple of minutes ago, and I want to circle back to it. At the beginning, you mentioned uh, leadership and you mentioned a couple of different areas. Obviously, there was no medical leadership. And in fact, I think the whole medical profession, the entire industry is complete garbage. They've yeah. been exposed. It's it's they're done. It's over. Um, but the other thing you mentioned, and this is key, is pastoral leadership. Yeah. Uh, very few, uh, you know, some exceptions, Pastor John MacArthur, some others, but very few uh, pastors stood up. Very few churches stood up. And in fact, the entire Catholic Church, the Pope himself and the Mormon Church are both calling for all of their congregations to be vaccinated. Yeah. Um, it's funny that when all the churches were closed, almost no one stood up, uh, to say, Hey, this is not right. You can't close us down. It's part of the first amendment. 
Um, Almost no one. Uh, John MacArthur did it successfully. He beat back California at every court hearing. They've been beat down. They're done. But nobody else would stand up. Why? Why do you think that is? Um, Wolves in sheep's clothing. I think the uh, one thing COVID did is it revealed truth from non-truth. It built fact from fiction. It revealed uh, lies. It showed us all what we we were going along there in the cruise ship of life where everybody had sort of this um, uh, whatever ice cream flavor you wanted, you could pick it. But when the cruise ship got flipped over, world got turned upside down. You you really, and, and if you'll kind of go with the analogy, you you find out who's willing to try to walk on the water and you find out who is never willing to walk on the water. And I call them out. Look, Jason, these people who are running these mega 501c3 organizations, it is a business. It is not a ministry. It is a business because you have no business teaching people how to live when you don't even know how anything is about your own life. And these people are not leaders. They are pawns in a sinister game to destroy this great nation and to take souls with them to the kingdom of hell. And I call it for what it is, and I'm not afraid of them because they need to step aside and get out of the way while leaders lead. And even though those people don't appreciate true leadership, I'm still going to lead anyway and love them anyway, despite their hatred towards me. And it's fine, you know, because people, as you know, when you stand in the gap for people, um, some people you stand in the gap for don't even know why. And they can't even appreciate it until maybe one day or maybe not. But we're going to stand up anyway. I appreciate that. It's a very honest answer. Yeah. And I agree. So you get it. Let's say you get elected. You're in the governor's seat. What are your top priorities for the state of Oklahoma? Well, in, in no particular order, we got to have a, a pretty heavy discussion with the, the people of Oklahoma. We we represent them. Uh, they they want abortion stopped, you know, and these bills that are being passed are just nonsensical. Even this most recent one, Senate Bill 612 in Oklahoma, is just nothing more than a cartoon caricature, a, a picture opportunity, a photo bomb, if you will. Uh, they've been sitting on this thing for you know, the better part of a year. And that that thing does not stop abortion, although it was portrayed like that. We need to stop that horrific, pathetic excuse of ending lives uh, before they're allowed to exist. That's a violation of our, our constitution. Every life that is created should have the opportunity to fulfill the uh, the destiny that they have, that God has for them. Uh, we need to obtain, reobtain our 300,000 acres back from the Chinese Communist Party in Oklahoma, who has purchased so much land under the guise of medical marijuana, but it's turned into sex trafficking, drug trafficking, weapons trafficking. We've allowed that to happen. We've got a loophole here. We need to fix it. More land per capita is gone to the Chinese Communist Party in Oklahoma than any other uh, state in these United States. Hey, now, um, let me stop you there for a second. Um, so they have all this land. They have all this land and, you know, you want to reclaim it. Yep. How are you going to do that if they won't sell it back to you? All right. So here's a strategy. I'm glad you asked. So being law enforcement, work with me on this, right? Okay. So you get this idea of developing probable cause. We all know what that is. There's an idiocy of a law here that says we have a six foot white fence that you can't see through that has to be erected. Why would they make that law? Why would they do that? You can't see in there. Law enforcement officers can go in bars and do inspections. Why can't you go in marijuana establishment and do inspections? We need to. So I suggest flying over this with drones and paying attention to it and and observing what's going on and changing the laws in a sense that the 
uh, establishment can now be inspected. Observe them carefully, equip the law enforcement and develop probable cause, go in there with search warrants. You act on those crimes, you make arrests. The land will be seized at that point. The Chinese that are there will be arrested. They will bond out in cash. They will leave the country. They will leave that land behind and it will be auctioned off back to Oklahomans after the loophole is going to be closed at that point as well. So it's not going to take that much effort. It's going to have to be a directed, concerted effort to get them out and the criminal element out of this state and out of this country. Okay, so you want to give them a hard time. We're going to get our LEOs on them. Now, that only works if you find criminal activity. And, you you know, that's a lot of steps that have to fall into place for you. Would you agree with that? I would. Yes. Okay. So that's a big jump. But at least you have an idea. So that's pretty good. Now, the other thing that I wanted to say while you're at it with the Chinese, you need to go after all the land that all the farmland that Bill Gates has purchased. Uh in Oklahoma. And if you can convince every other governor to do the same. So if you come up with an idea on that, let me know for sure. Well, my thoughts on that is, is education. So these, these governors are, are, are bowing down to this power of money. I think we just need to all stand up together and say no. And it requires education within the system, doesn't it? It requires a re-indoctrination of truth. You know, Bill Gates and these globalists want to destroy America. They want to uh, kill us all and they want to give us right below, right above death so they can cripple us and create well, these isolated things. Right. With with all due respect, I mean, doctor, the majority of our governors, even the Republican ones are pretty much the same. They are. And that's why, you know, when I look at it, I don't answer to anyone other than God himself. So, you know, I'm going to I don't necessarily care what other governors do. I care about the people of Oklahoma. I care about representing them. I care about protecting the Constitution. And we will do that. And we will be an example. And my only hope is and I have no control over this, is that other governors will see what can be done and will be given confidence. Because I I just don't think that you're right. In our system, the party system has got it's corrupted everything. You know, you don't even know who's who or what's what anymore. We don't need politicians. We need statesmen and stateswomen. It's a, it's a unit party. It is. I just believe that stepping up and being an example and giving the people back a voice, I still believe the people's voice is more powerful. And I just want to see the freedom ring through we the people one more time. I'd love to see it. So I, I cut you off there on the on the farmland or on the Chinese land grab, but uh, you were you were outlining some of your top priorities. So go ahead, continue. Well, you mentioned kind of one of them school. You know, we don't need to have the CRT, SEL, LGBTQ stuff in there. That is no place in education. You know, if if parents want to go or some of that stuff in their own home, their privacy, it's it's free. They can do that. But the bottom line is, school is about teaching. Uh, people the skills of life, right? How to pay their bills, how to show up and work on time, how to be uh, productive men and women in society, you know, good husbands and wives and uh, et cetera. And, and school has got to get switched around. We've got to get that turned around. In our state, there's something called the OTA, the Oklahoma Turnpike Authority, which has zero accountability. We have more turnpikes than I can remember. None of them are making money or $1.7 billion in debt. Um, you know, and they're wanting to borrow more money to build more turnpikes to try to 
pay off past debt and it's crushing people. The pro- process of eminent domain allows them to seize land. And there are others, but I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention this, the relationship with the tribes in Oklahoma between the executive branch and the tribes. There's 39 tribes in Oklahoma, Native Americans, and it's pathetic right now. Uh, there's no communication and we are an Indian state. We really are. We have 39 tribes that have these, these individual sovereign nations that live within a sovereign state and they all want to just work. But And I've already reached out to about a dozen of them I've talked to so far, and they're like, Mark, we just want to work and figure this thing out together. And I'm like, great, let's do it. But there is zero communication right now, which has driven a significant wedge and created division in Oklahoma. And there are other issues, but that's just some of the, the highlights, I guess. Now, when the tribes are interesting, we have plenty of them here in Arizona as well. Yeah. It's They try to play both sides of the field, right? They want to be an independent nation. But uh, then they want to have their handout for all the government subsidies. Do you think that whole thing needs to be like revisited or what? I do. Uh, you know, like if I'm looking at, um, you know, Chief Jason, let's just use that as a role play here. I can't stop you from from taking money from federal government. I can't do that. I, it's your choice. You know, you do that. You get those strings. I don't. Right. But one thing that Chief Jason and I can do is we can work towards the betterment of the state in which we reside. In this example, we would be both Oklahomans, right? And so we we have to learn to coexist. And you cannot do that by me, you know, openly blasting you because you take federal money. I don't, I don't do that. I don't think you should, right? And if they ask me, I would say, well, Jason, look, man, you know, I think you're 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 getting strings into your life and you're getting over it. And I think we got a common enemy here. You know, that's the bridge and the path that I will take. Uh, but again, every person's got to make their own decisions. My job is to represent Oklahomans. And Jason, in this case, would be an Oklahoman, you know, right? Even though they're chief Jason. So I want to do my best to be a good uh, host, if you will, to build a relationship so that we can all have a, a peaceful thing. There's a lot of confusion now about um, criminality, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. I like it. Now, one thing, um, and you may already be on to this, but I have to bring it up because it's one of the key yeah. linchpins for this global movement. And it's something called ESG, yep. environmental, social, and governmental. Uh, these are new regulations that are being rolled out on banking institutions, oil companies, and others. They have to abide by certain standards environmentally, socially, which is like, you know, we support gays and transgenders and things like that. And, and then governmental um, Oklahoma has got a lot of oil and they're coming down hard on the oil people. And they're going to use this ESG to cut them off. Um, but it's more than that. It's they'll cut people off from their bank. If you're not doing the right things, every state needs to have legislation on ESGs. What do you think about that? I mean, are you aware and what can you do about it? Yes, um, you are so correct. A lot of states have already signed off on Oklahoma has indeed. They've got this um, health smart card as sort of a, a lead way into that. So it is there. It's already being agreed upon. And this is what the globalists want. They want to control you and they want to control your behavior. So you can't criticize. You don't have an opinion anymore. I guess that takes away your First Amendment right, doesn't it? So I support legislation that bans that type of behavior with any organization, any company that works in the state. And further, I have a vision for Oklahoma that we become energy independent, economically independent and agriculturally independent. Because, look, you know, the states must learn to exist in a sovereign manner. And that's the way they used to be. They used to have this sovereignty that sort of worked together in these loose affiliations. 
hence these United States, right? And so we've got to get that vision back for the people. And my concern is for not just the state, but the country in a whole, that we've got so far into this thing that it's going to be challenging to get people to believe again and to understand that what you just said, the ESG concept is a no-go from a constitutionality standpoint. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely. No. I mean, look, let's be real. About 95% of everything that the federal government does is unconstitutional. Totally agree. I, I don't totally. see there I don't see 95% of that stuff in Article 1, Section 8. They can't do it and they should not be doing it. Um, so yep. we have a whole lot of problems. I get it, but um it's just, you know, we have to take it one piece at a time. I'm trying to prioritize. I mean, I think the biggest issues for us at this moment are COVID restrictions, vaccine mandates, and ESG standards. Um, those are probably the top three that we need to deal with immediately. Um, yeah, you mentioned something super key that I think is uh, important. You're right. We, we, I don't have all the answers. You don't, none of us have, none of us has the totality of the answers, but we all know that we need to go in that direction. We all know we need to take a step that way. And, and you know, I've learned that if you take no steps, you've taken no steps, you've done nothing. And so even though I might not know step number three, maybe I just know one and two, we have got to step up and take step one and step two and trust that there is revelation on step three, because if we continue to stay where we are, we're going to continue to get ran over uh, by this tyrannical um, communist ideology. Yeah, we are. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the old saying goes, you know, um, it's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? That's right. Um, and that's what we have to do is basically what you're saying. So before we go, I just have to say my good friend, former Arizona Sheriff Richard Mack, uh -huh. recently said that he is moving his family to Oklahoma if you're elected. That's a pretty big statement from Richard Mack. Um, I might have to move to Oklahoma if he says that. Uh, what do you think? How does that make you feel, Mark? Um, overwhelmed. I got to know Richard. I uh, met him in California. Uh, great man. Great patriot. Great constitution um, student, uh, follower, protector, and defender. And he's uh, a godly man. Deep respect for him. When he said that publicly, um, you know, I was, I was overwhelmed. Um, I do not want to let him down. I don't want to let you down. I don't want to let the people of these United States down, the people of Oklahoma. And I won't. I won't. Um, we will have an opportunity to create an environment in Oklahoma that's truly exemplary for the um, world to see. And I just uh, need patriots like yourself to support, uh, pray for, and encourage us because this battle is not like we've faced in the last hundred years. It's something similar to 1775 and six. This is where we are right now. And I hope people understand the gravity of the moment and the sacrifice that we have to do to achieve what we need to achieve. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, it is more akin to 1776, um, which, you know, the old term, the three percenters, that's where that comes from. Only 3% were willing to fight in the Revolutionary War. Um, I don't think very many people know the gravity of the situation that we're in right now, doctor. And um, it's going to take a lot of uh, <laughs> fortitude to get to get back what we've lost. I mean, our freedom has already been taken. Now it's just a matter of how much more is going to be taken and what it's going to take to get back what we've lost. Um, 
Dr. Mark Sherwood, I support you 100%, much better than Rhino Stitt that's in the uh, governor's mansion now. Uh, we support you 100%. How can people hook up with you and support you there locally? If I was there, I'd be out at your campaign helping you out. But for people in Oklahoma, how can they come help? How can they support you? And where can they find you? If you're in Oklahoma, um, well, if you're anywhere, first of all, start right there. Go to our website, Sherwood2022.com. You can download our app too. Our app is Sherwood2022. And I want people around this whole United States to download that app because the app has all the campaign statements and things that I've made here today, which that is something you can use to vet your own candidates in your own states. If they don't put it on the 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 media or the post or something like that, they're lying to you. If they have something to hide, they're lying to you. So use it to vet people. And if you're in Oklahoma, you can volunteer there via the website or the app. You can um, you know, hold a meeting, meet and greet. We have all kinds of events people can show up at, support, pass the word, share the app. That's cool, right? You can do that. And, you know, uh, when it's on your phone, you're going to look at it and you're going to see my uh, my face every day. So keep us in your prayers, please. And if you're supposed to give and support, you need to do that. Not one dime less or more than you're supposed to, but this is just being obedient and uh, to the call. This is good ground, what we're doing here, Jason. So we all want to invest in good ground with our with our prayers, with our, our time, and then what we have. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Sherwood2022.com. Dr. Mark Sherwood, a pleasure to meet you. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me, Jason. Thanks for listening to Don't Tread on Liberty with Jason Davis. Subscribe on Google Play, iTunes, or your favorite platform. For more Liberty news, check out www.donttreadonliberty.com and subscribe to the blog or join the conversation. 